0: Welcome to A Flame for Christ. Tom Lace has set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and you've joined us on this third Sunday of Ordinary Time. Her young life was marked with suffering from the very beginning. Her Mohawk tribe named her Tekequitha, which means she who bumps into things due, her, due to her clumsiness. You know, when she was four years old, her parents and brother died from smallpox, and although Tekakwitha survived, she was badly scarred and disfigured from the disease. Her aunt and uncle adopted her but treated her very badly, secluding her from others because of that disfigurement. During her teen years, however, every now and then a Jesuit priest would come through the village, and she was intrigued by these black robes, as the Mohawks called the priests. The message of the gospel resonated in her heart, and when she was 19, she asked for baptism, receiving the name Kateri, which is Mohawk for Catherine. But her aunt and uncle were totally opposed to her conversion. They accused her of betraying the tribe and her family. And in fact, her former friends turned their backs on her, and they accused her of sorcery. After years of suffering from her family, her uncle gave her an ultimatum. You got to either choose Christ or choose the tribe and the family. For her, however, there was no choice. Her life belonged to Jesus Christ. Thankfully, the Jesuits had set up a small village for Christian Native Americans in Montreal. So the Jesuits urged her to travel 200 miles through the rugged lands of upstate New York, to this sanctuary where she lived her remaining two years in peace, offering prayers and sacrifices for the conversion of her family. She's now the only Native American saint, St. Kateri Tekakwitha. But if you had to make that choice between family and Christ, what would you choose? The apostles had to make that cho- choice in today's gospel. We kind of glossed over just how radical this was. It was absolutely expected that in first century Judaism, one had to be completely obedient to one's parents working in the family job. And Zebedee clearly had a very good and successful business, right? It says that he had employed hired men, which meant that he was fairly wealthy. But when Christ came calling, James and John didn't even think twice. They didn't ask their father. They didn't consider it. They didn't weigh the pros and cons. They left everything and followed Christ. It was Jesus. And he demands nothing less than our entire allegiance. Really, more than our own jobs, our families, or our lives, Jesus Christ deserves our total gift of self. Why? Well, first, because he created us. I mean, think about it. We wouldn't even have another day of life if it wasn't given to us from above. We have no power to extend our life a single second apart from God. But also, if this wasn't enough, he purchased our souls when we were condemned by our sins. I mean, think about if, if an innocent person dies to pardon a guilty one, I guarantee that that guilty party would awaken every day with a fresh sense of gratitude wanting to live their entire lives to honor the memory of that extraordinary gift that they've received. Of course, Christ also demands our allegiance because, as St. Augustine said, you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. It's ultimately union with him that offers us the joy in this world and the next that we long for, because that's what we're made for. So we have to choose him because he, we owe him our allegiance our entire life, not just part of our life, but all of what we are. But let's talk about three particular areas in which we really called to give God our allegiance. First is we have to have him, give him allegiance even over our family and friends. I was working one time with a young man in middle school who had gone through this really radical conversion. But he was lamenting to me how his parents didn't take him to Mass. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, only my dad's Catholic. My mom's Jewish. And so I asked, said, so? But he shrugged and with a very wry smile, he said, well... Happy wife, happy life, right? And I understand the desire for peace at home, but your job is to get your spouse and kids to heaven. And how can we do that if we choose them over the Lord? And I know that sometimes our spouse may disagree with what they might see, as like religious fanaticism, or maybe our kids will think we pray too much or spend too much time in church. But the fact is we have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and not what they think. So many saints became great saints despite families and friends thinking that they lost their minds. And even Jesus himself found that kind of same uh, attitude among the people that he loved the most in Nazareth. We also must choose him not only over our families, but also over our work. During seminary, I spent some time doing hospital ministry, and I was so impressed by the fact that five times a day, all of the Muslim nurses and doctors would stop what they were doing and come down to the interreligious chapel where there was a prayer rug facing Mecca, and they'd offer their prayers to Allah. And I thought to myself, man, I only wish Catholics were so dedicated in their relationship with God. Because if Muslims can pray during work hours, and I guarantee Jewish employees can insist on having the Sabbath off, then we as Catholics also need to insist that our religious observances be respected as well. We can tell our boss that, hey, we need an hour on Sunday to attend Mass. Honestly, if they refuse, that's called discrimination. Plus, I think it's a really powerful witness to others that Christ is more important even than the money that we earn. Finally, I think in Monroe, the biggest threat to an active life with Christ is, honestly, our sports teams. We commit so much time and money to them, but even when we're away at a tournament, we need to be clear that Christ comes first. He demands our allegiance more than even the team that we signed up for. I remember my brother, who's an excellent baseball player, was invited to play on this elite team in high school, but their tryouts were on Easter Sunday morning. And my parents wisely forbade him from going, which made my brother rather angry, but it made a huge impact on me. I thought, wow, Christ really is more important than this sports game. I think Christ's first words in the gospel sum it up perfectly. He says, repent. Repent for those things that we have loved more than him. The kingdom of God is at hand. We pledge our allegiance to the kingdom of God first and allow him to reign over every aspect of our life. You know, some may call this fanaticism and same, some may say, well, I don't want to be a Jesus freak. Or, it's, you know, it's too much. It's overboard. But, you know, I think when a man dies on a cross for you, that's enough to demand nothing less than our entire lives lived for him.